internet, welcome once again to the only podcast about movies. My name is Matthew Kroll. And all the way from New Zealand, it's Shahir Dowd. That's right, we are not in the same room. He's across the globe. I'm looking where he normally sits. You're arguing at a chair. I should have set up a chair. I, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, there is no chair in your spot right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm, and hurt. I, I, I'm hurt. I feel bad, but I don't. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> I, I'm I'm good. Uh we wanted to get this this was a so this this episode is very important to us, which is why she hears uh over uh basically across the world on business. <laughs> I am still here crying waiting for him to come home, but we decided that this needs to come out. We waited too long to speak we, about it. We have to and I have to open this with an apology to you, Matthew Crawl. Well, we haven't said the <laughs> the, the film yet. Well, the okay, well let me set it up by by I owe you an apology because for the last few weeks I've been complaining about Jurassic World, Terminator Genesis, Mission Impossible 5 and I think it all culminated with me saying those films aren't movies. Right. And 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 boy was I wrong about that when we went and saw the movie this week, the, Fantastic 4. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> now you know what not a movie looks like. Yeah, what not a movie looks like is Fantastic 4 whereas what a bad movie looks like is Terminator Genesis, Mission Impossible 5 and Jurassic World. All right. Well, that's, you know, that's your opinion. And that's great. They're they're like assholes. We all have them. Right, uh, right. But, which is why we're here. Uh, yeah. So we saw this not movie, Fantastic Four, and we thought, wow, no one's talking about it. So, like, why don't we, as the only podcast ever really speaking about movies, talk about something that for once isn't actually a movie? It's, it's kind of amazing, isn't it? This 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 film, I I I'm gonna open with like everyone should go see this movie because it's so amazing to watch what happens. Like like it just makes no it, it's it's incomprehensible that this actually even made it to a screen. I am going to make a caveat and say don't pay to see this movie. <laughs> Maybe they, don't pay, but yeah. Someone needs to learn their lesson. Uh, and I got to tell you, I actually saw a screening of this film, so I did right. not pay for it. Well, I and pa- I paid. I'm sorry. You <laughs> should petition to get some cash back. But uh, here, you've been to screenings before, right? Yeah, like yeah. you've yeah. So you know how normally when you go to a screening, someone comes out and is like, "All right, we are very happy to present you this motion picture. Who is this, <laughs> that, and the other thing? And this person did that, and blah blah blah. And please enjoy the thing. Turn off your cell phones. Blah blah blah. You know, like there's a little there's a little presentation from whatever guild or order is like putting on the show, right? Well, yeah, I've been to those. Yeah, did, right. Did that not happen? Nope. <laughs> no one said a damn thing which they when the lights went out and with. the movie started i was like oh shit's about to get real like wow they don't even want to talk about who's involved like why we're here oh wow well well uh were they justified in just like getting you in and out of the movie theater as quickly as possible absolutely <laughs> uh you know and i was trying I was trying in my brain as this thing was playing to try to find, because obvi- it was obviously bad. And I was like, ugh. And it slowly, every time you think it can't get worse, it kind of does. And uh, I was looking for moments, glimmers, hope that it would be even remotely enjoyable to watch. And I, I, I would like to, and maybe if you can think of it, you can reach deep down in your soul from across the globe, Shahir, mm. uh, find, I, I want to find 
at least a moment that you were like, okay, that's all right. Well, and I, ha- I have one. I could start that I, off if you want. I, I wonder if we have the same moment, um, which is when Johnny Storm is burning alive. <laughs> oh, no. No. no? Okay. That wasn't my moment. Okay. Well, here's my thing with the whole movie in general, which is that I am fascinated by this movie because I think the first half of it, you can kind of see uh, Josh Trank, the director, going for something, which is this sort of gritty reboot of the Fantastic Four and and a kind of body horror film. But the amazing thing to me is that that at some point during the middle of this movie, everybody involved, the actors, the writers, the, the director himself, the producers, all give up on that idea and just say, fuck it, we got to get out of this movie as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. There's yeah. a huge let's bail mentality. Yeah. Uh, it's, let's just get out of this. But it's funny because you talk about the you, you mentioned the whole like, you know, body horror, like things going wrong sort of thing. And I will say if I had to pick a favorite third of the movie, uh, it would be the first third. But it, that's right. not saying it was good. Uh, I'm just saying that it. Um, how do I put it? Uh, I the, the scene that I liked was yeah. how they end up going to well uh, uh, let me explain real quick and uh, uh, the fantastic four is a bunch of people that go to another dimension an accident happens and they get superpowers there you go if you haven't heard of whatever i don't even know why you'd be and listening to this honestly that's all you, that's you don't need to see the movie that's it yeah that's well-known mm. fact no no um, but I, what i'm saying is the movie is nothing more than that right like right you know like so, there is no more depth to the movie than what you just described and when, when people take, especially if you want to go to wacky comic book characters, at least Fantastic Four is one of the wackiest that still was popular at a point. They were like the yeah. first family of superheroes. So when you take the one of the most wacky properties and you gritty the fuck out of it and you try to realism boot it, uh, that's hard. But what yeah. I liked, and this is the only thing I liked, was how they end up going to the other dimension in the little thing they built, they get sort of jaded by their corporate masterminds, the characters in the film. And then a bunch of them get drunk and decide, <laughs> fuck it. We're going anyway to the point where, where I think one of them, I think it's might've been Reed Richards has an American flag with him. Like yeah. he's going full on like moon landing on this thing because he's drunk. And that, I thought that, that scene makes no sense. no, but I liked it. That was the one sort of like, I just thought like, Oh, okay. This is a sort of a, I mean, what people might think is gritty that I was like, all right, I can take it. But that was it. That was it. It's, it's amazing to me how like you can take five, uh, you know, yeah. Five great actors, really good actors, put them in a movie that they don't care about. And all of a sudden they're bad actors. Right. Well, I mean, everyone is a bad actor in this movie. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the characters real quick. So there's two characters in the entire movie. There's Johnny storm. And then there's every other character in the movie. That is the same character. Yeah. I think, yeah. Johnny storm seems to walk away with the film only because he has one scene where he's racing a car and his attitude, everyone else's attitude in the film is and sort of drive is almost exactly the same and yeah. he is separated he sort of has his own sort of thing even you know whatever it, it just it no one felt like reed felt exactly like sue felt exactly like ben felt exactly like uh johnny and sue's father felt exactly like the government guy felt exactly like victor von doom like uh, uh, victor von doom is the the hardest to decipher what is he want in this film nothing He's uh, he's a delusioned, <laughs> bullshit, nonsense, gifted computer guy. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, obviously we think that the movie, well, I think go see the film because it's amazing just to, to, to see how, to, to, to think about the entire process this film went through to get to being on screen Mm -hmm. and still be that bad. I think the only example I can think of that was equally as bad. And I'm curious as to how it ended up on screen was M night Shyamalan's the happening. Like that I don't movie, think I, it was as bad. And I hate you, that movie. <laughs> like I Well, the thing about this one is that I think this is aiming to be bitter than the that like the happening to me is is worse because it feels like people were incompetent. Whereas I feel people were competent, they just didn't care on this movie. I think I mean we <laughs> can get speculate, into, yeah. Yeah, let's speculate. I yeah. think the studio, uh, what studio did this? It's not even Fox. It's Fox. Fox did it. Yeah. Yeah. I think the studio saw Chronicle jizzed all over it and was like, gritty reboots are great. We're getting the Chronicle guy to do Fantastic Four. <laughs> and that's what they did. I think he delivered them a film, which uh, we can get into the sort of politics or whatever, that they did not buy. Whether it was good or not, that's not the point. I guarantee you that he, get, the director, gave a cut of this film to the studio that was not what they envisioned or were told they would get. Yeah. Then they stepped in, huge sort of nonsense, and they tried to finish the film via committee. It, yeah, it definitely feels like a film by committee. It's, it's, it has the worst tendencies of groupthink that I can see in a, in a recent film, which is that. Oh. And, and, and it's it's bitterly cynical as well because at some point you realize this is what this is what the filmmakers think of their audience, which is that we want just um, guys in a room fighting. That's all right. we want, right? You know, and and, that, and and like at some point you go, this is really sad, a sad indictment of what a studio thinks an audience wants. And maybe you know, again, the Avengers makes a crap ton of money, and all those other movies make a crap ton of money. But you know, maybe it's true, but. At the same time, this is, you know, like this insults an audience to, to the upteenth degree. No, see, this the, the difference between this and Avengers <laughs> other than everything. And other than uh, the fact that we talk about the Avengers every time. Right. But the difference is this is exactly what parodies of stu- like this movie feels like it was made by the parody of what we consider a studio exec is. But right. it, it's real. Like that's. A chilling thing. I think they do. I think they absolutely do uh, think that way. The people at Fox think somewhere that this is what we want. And that's well, that's troubling. That's deeply troubling that they can look like they can look at a film like Avengers and be like, oh, yeah, we got that. Well, but take but every bit of entertainment and like goodness and heart out of it. They're they're not wrong though as well, right? No, I mean, they are wrong. They, I think ro- this proves they're wrong. <laughs> I think they just executed it badly, and the problem is is that they, the film. It's 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 hard for me to speculate entirely because you know there's so much politics behind the making of a film that it's really hard to know who did what and who said what and who's to blame. It's probably a whole bunch of things, but this feels like the problem wasn't necessarily that they were wrong in trying to execute a gritty reboot of the fantastic four franchise. What was wrong was that they changed their, they changed what they wanted halfway through the film and the film suffered as a result because what 
the film starts with and what the film ends with are two different things entirely. Right. But here's what I I think. And again, this is all speculation, but I think they didn't change what they wanted. I think (laughs) they were clear probably with, uh, what's the director's name? Josh Trank. Josh Trank. I bet you they were clear with him what they wanted. And I bet you he just said, fuck it. I'm good. And whether or not (laughs) what he delivered was good or not, that's not the question. I mean, I guarantee you it was better than what was delivered to the theaters because, I mean, literally watching watching someone take a shit for an hour and a half is better than what was delivered to theaters. It could have been Josh Trank literally on the toilet for an hour Um, and a half. I'm not... uh, Hang on. Reading Fantastic Four comics. (laughs) I'm not exactly sure about that because I still think the first half of the movie is kind of bad. No, it's Uh, bad, but it's not like bile inducing just shit stains like it's it's bad there's no question i'm not saying he's a great director or that he you know should have been brought up to these quote-unquote big leagues as fast as he was i'm saying that film the first third of this movie is still a movie it's a bad movie yeah it's done it's handled badly it's it's kind of it's eye rolling bad but at least you can kind of say it's going for something sure yeah um Uh, yeah and it's just, uh, I mean, the cynic and the told you so in me is like, yeah, fucking Fox, you don't know what the hell you're doing. Let's give it back to Marvel. Not that I'm even a big fan what of about Fantastic X-Men? Four. They, they, they know what they're doing with X-Men. Yes, but part. how yeah. how how is that possible that they are doing that and they're doing it fine and they still fuck this up so royally? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to say, you know, like, again, I don't know the exact politics, but it really does feel like... Uh, you know, the I was having a discussion with a friend of mine uh, right. yesterday. He's in the room right now, actually. He's probably overhearing this. But we were talking about like whether a film needs to be committed to a singular vision, and you know that's what makes great films great films is that they they have a singular vision that carries them through. And this okay. feels like there was a singular vision at the beginning, but at some point nobody believed in it, and everyone kind of bailed on it. And and you know, I th- I feel like there potentially could have been an okay film in here somewhere, maybe. <laughs> Hopefully, that the 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 second half is so bad that that it's hard to actually even speculate about what the what the original ending of this movie would have been. Well, the original um, ending didn't have an action sequence. That was one of the big things why they went back and reshot for four months. Right. Okay. Uh, and so that was a problem for the studio because they're like, oh, it's a superhero movie. It needs a fucking, it needs something exploding and people fighting. And right. I don't think, honestly, I have other movies for that. Like, I would have rather seen more of a, if you're going to go deep and dark and bullshit with the Fantastic Fucking Four, like, I'd rather have a character drama than watch them fight Doctor Doom for the umpteenth time. But then how do like, you sell that? How do you sell that film? How do you say I'm going to make a superhero movie in the environment in the in the in the economy that we live in in terms of superhero films without an action scene in it? I mean, have you seen like Super or uh But but that's not Fantastic 4. That's an original property. Doesn't like, matter. You can still indie film. You can still do it. You can still do it like that just because the name is different and it's something that we've done. Look, if you're going to take the Fantastic 4, which is the, probably the least gritty comic Marvel has 
next to Squirrel Girl at this point. <laughs> isn't isn't the uh, the the new uh, Fantastic Four universe kind of gritty? Isn't it slightly not, darker? Not real. Well, first of all, the Fantastic Four comic book, the the actual books themselves aren't running anymore. Oh right, I thought there was a re- like uh, the Ultimate Fantastic Four. There's an Ultimate, but everyone's different and weird in the Ultimate universe, and they're kind right. of merging them together currently. It's a whole big thing. Or they, I'm I'm behind. I only read trades, so I'm always six months behind. So they might have already merged it. I don't know. Right, and as as far as I'm told, this this film, as as loosely as it does, follows the Ultimate uh, franchise. I mean the. The original Fantastic Four was on a space mission that got hit by cosmic rays and gave them powers. And this was a dimensional travel thing. Right. That they had an accident and gave them powers. So, (laughs) sure. Uh, But you just can't. I don't, I've lost my train of thought. This this podcast is feeling to me almost as disjointed as the film. But obviously. Yeah, we, we, it's, it's hard to speak about it because it was a week ago that we saw it as well. Yeah. So let's let's sort of. um. So we talked about the first act and it's all. It, here's the thing. It's yeah, all. Here build is up. the thing. Here is the thing. It's all build up to something that's stapled on at the end, which is this action scene in uh, Planet Zero, which side note. Holy fuck. The Fantastic Four has a place that they discovered that is huge in Marvel Comics that I'm sure if they have the rights to Fantastic Four, they have the rights to this thing where they would have gotten their powers. It's called the Negative Zone. And they do a shit ton of stuff in the Negative Zone. That's the first place Reed Richards discovers, blah, blah, blah. So then when like they're in there and the government and all this shit and like we call it Planet Zero. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Like it's if you're. If that, if you're trying to even remotely, remotely gain an audience from your property, which is what they're doing, otherwise they'd make Chronicle Two. Like, <laughs> you, why do little things that are very simple and shit on the people that you're trying to get in the theater? I, I mean, everything about the military story in this film makes no sense. That, that's the odd thing. It's, it's not like this was a bang up job where they just came in and tried to fix it. They came in and I, I feel like people came in and tried to fix it and, and made it worse by like, like things just don't make any sense. Like Dr. People Doom, came in. Yeah. People came in and pantomimed fixing it. Yeah. It's like, well, we just got to get this out. So yeah, fuck it. It's planet zero. Um, you know, like, uh, we need, uh, an action scene. Dr. Doom's going to come back. All right, cool. Let's kill him off and fight. Dr. Doom literally, returns to the film and is dead within 15 minutes yeah it all and and why he's there makes no sense whatsoever Um, and then the scene and then the scene is terribly executed as well it's shot badly nobody is committed to it It, uh, they're suddenly back on planet zero without breathing masks anymore i don't get it i'm like why why you know like the entire first half of the movie they talk about having to breathe in this unusual atmosphere and then they go back and everyone's just you know breathing fine yeah, and and uh, the third act special effects, which is the most heavy special effects sort of sequence, it's is horrible. Rough, like Ugh. it looks it's like an animatic. It yeah. looks like an animatic at at certain points, and you're like, "Holy crap!" Like no one cares, and no yeah. one's even being paid to seem like they care. But it also, it's it's sad and disheartening because it feels like they've maybe gotten to a point where they can execute a large-scale action scene like that by pressing a few buttons and this is what will come out. Well, I think they've proven they can't. Like, this movie didn't make money. 
No, no, no. But like, so for example, the, they decide the back on earth, like earth is being sucked up into planet zero and there's no explanation for, I mean, that doesn't look too bad, but it just makes no sense. Well, it's funny. You, You look at, and you can totally see this. It stole it's action sequence pieces from other Marvel movies. Yeah. Well, you have, from the, other portal, movies, you have yeah. the portal from Avengers one. You have the giant swath of land being pulled up into the sky in Avengers two. Yeah. You have, um, what was it? The, uh, oh, I, I found a couple others and I'll think of them as we go. But like I was watching and I was like, okay, that was Iron Man. Okay. That yeah. was Thor. Okay. That was this. Okay. That they did that in cap. And I was like, you just taking the greatest hits and doing them worse. It was like watching. The, I just got it. It's like this movie is like watching your favorite band's cover band that didn't take the time to learn the lyrics or the tunes. And also like, miss the the essential elements for what made the even just doing a good cover good. You know, like like none of the actors seem like they're having fun. No, or, or and, are you interested in being? And there. I think they're instructed at that point to be like, "This is serious. This is real world." Dark Knight did it, and everyone loved it. Like that's <laughs> this is so funny. This feels like the last attempt, and I pray I'm right. The last attempt that Hollywood was doing currently to make the totally gritty, serious superhero movie. Now I know DC has yeah, they've said yeah, they've said no no humor, but like. Even there was moments, and I don't really like Superman or Man of Steel, but like there were moments were, that were funny. Yeah, there yeah. were there were lights moments, and and those and as as problematic as Super, uh, Man of Steel was, at least it felt like a complete A to B story. This feels like it went A to halfway between A and B and stopped there. Yeah, I mean, look, I've been a, not a proprietor of Man of Steel forever, but this made I mean, Fantastic Four <laughs> made Man of Steel look like Citizen Kane. Like, yeah. Insanity in fucking sanity. I mean, how far into this movie do you want to go? Like, I mean, I so so what? Everything, pretty much, nothing works in this movie, right? Like, like no. nothing. No, no scene actually plays off in an interesting way. Like, even Johnny Storm's big intro scene. Th- there's there's a there's an interesting thing, which is that the trailers of this film contain a lot of footage that aren't in the movie, including like a big. Um, a big uh, action set piece with the thing, a yep. few more scenes with Johnny Storm, and then in the film they're kind of shown to you uh, on a monitor somewhere, as in they they happen somewhere else. And we don't see what they are. Right. Like like I don't understand the rationale behind that kind of thing. Like 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 Johnny Storm's intro is probably the worst superhero intro I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, it was pretty <laughs> fucking rough. There's no question. You know, it's, uh, it's it's basically we see we're on a plane with uh, uh, Tim Blake Nelson, uh, you know, aka the Mole Man, uh, and he sees Johnny Storm in the window shoot a drone down, and that's it. And it's it's done badly, like the VFX are terrible. Yeah, and like the way they they just handle all the characters poorly. And if we want to go, the the first major misstep, honestly, is the treatment. Uh, the, the the first thing where I was like, oh, fuck you, was the treatment of Sue Storm. Oh, she's uh, bad, but also uh, uh, Grimm, you know, uh, Ben Grimm. Yeah. No, no. Oh, but, he's but, horrible. But this is the thing. You know what I love? <laughs> and, and it's, it's funny because the Fantastic Four obviously is a product of a pie god and age, like whatever. Like, the, the oh, the girl's power is to not be seen. There's a whole bunch yeah. of allegories that people smarter than me have, have talked about with that. But yeah. in this movie, 
she doesn't even get to go on the magical fucking dimensional trip that she helped make possible because she's Ugh. got boobs. Like, uh, th- it's, yeah, it's basically the three dudes, one of which, Ben Grimm, even, yeah, isn't, isn't a even fucking part, scientist. Isn't part of the experiment. They just, call, like, Reed Richards just calls him and says, hey, Yo, you want to come on this, like, interdimensional trip with me? Yeah. So it's the three guys. It's Johnny Storm, Ben Grimm, and Reed Richards, and Victor Von Doom. Ugh. And then when mm-hmm. they come back and shit hits the fan. Why uh, does Sue Storm get invisibility? Is because it like, the blast from the open doors hits her. Yeah, from but the, why the does energy. that cause... What, like, like we really? See... We're going to get into why at this point? <laughs> like, well, Johnny, Johnny Storm gets lit on fire. Ben Grimm gets hit with a bunch of rocks. And... and uh, Victor Von Doom falls down the hole and his yeah, what's happen- what happens the- to Reed? Why does Reed stretch? Reed stretches for some reason. Yeah, you it know, doesn't fucking whatever. matter. Like they give but, they give two out of the sudden, four reasons. All of a sudden, Sue Storm just gets invisibility. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's not even on the trip. Yeah. So then, after the accident, let's just kind of go through this nonsense. Uh, it kind of skips at well, it goes into like One the year gov- later. The government takes them and is doing experiments on them, and then Reed escapes. Uh, and then it's one year later and they've trained Sue, Johnny and Ben to uh, basically be like government weapons, even though they never really do anything. That's the other and, thing. So for the second and third part of this film, other than going back to Planet Zero, it all takes place on one military base with the exception of five minutes in like Venezuela or South America uh, where Reed is hiding for three seconds. Yeah, you have to admit this this kind of feels like Tommy Wiseau's Fantastic Four, you know? Like, yeah. It's like, let's just do one room yeah. for the whole movie. Absolutely. That's a good point. It felt very, it felt like, uh, okay, kids, play inside. Like, I mean, the room looked great. We were actually, oddly, I think uh, I'm on a production right now where we're, we're looking at Fantastic Four as a reference uh, on occasion. And like the room itself looks good. Um, but it's just weird that that's the only space they have. Yeah, kudos to the set designers that will never have any of their shit looked at because <laughs> this thing was a fucking giant turd nugget. Uh, uh, no, yeah, that, I'll give the film that, uh, or whatever this was. I mean, the the look of a lot of the things was neat. Yeah, like the, I'm talking about the objects, not the way they were shot or how they were lit. I'm talking about yeah. like the space that these people walked through and pretended to pretend. My my favorite thing was Dan Castellanella, uh, the voice of Homer Simpson, being the disapproving science teacher who's pissed off that his science student is makes doing magic <laughs> is doing science because oh <laughs> it God. wasn't because it he didn't make a what was it like a lava you know like a volcano instead instead he came he up with some teleportation device yeah, he made something <laughs> that uh, could actually make something disappear a model plane or some shit. Uh, and and bring it somewhere then bring it back and he's like his science teacher gets pissed because (laughs) he didn't pour baking soda uh and vinegar into a fucking toy volcano uh it's so bad but then i i you know like those things tend to like i've seen things like that in other movie uh, other better movies and those things still annoy me like the the example that i kept thinking of was in um uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The, okay. the 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 character played by the the Harry Potter kid. I keep forgetting his name. Um, Daniel Radcliffe. No, it's not Daniel Radcliffe. But he basically plays the 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 kid who hates apes. 
Um, okay. In Rise of the Planet of the Apes. And it's like, it's stupid and it makes no sense. And he's like, all of a sudden there's just this guy who hates apes. It's like, and this is that similar thing, which is like, all of a sudden you got a science teacher who hates Reed Richards because he thinks he's silly. You know, right. and it's, it's, it's like, it makes Fuck no you, sense. Fuck you, nerd. Pay attention yeah, exa- in science class. <laughs> Um, and the, the film is just littered with that kind of cynical, cynical thinking, you know, like cynical thinking about the audience. It's, it's, it's really sad to be in this movie and watch. And the, the odd thing for me was that in the audience I was in, they actually applauded at the end of the movie. And I'm not, I couldn't figure out if they were laughing at the movie or they were actually like, oh, this is fun. Maybe, maybe people just want to see Reed Richards stretch and the grim, you know, um, the thing, the thing, yeah. Hit things. I don't know. When the film sort of came to its conclusion. And so Von doom comes back after a year, they capture Reed again, who gives a fuck. He could have stayed the entire time. Anyway, they go back to planet zero to do an exposit, like a, the survey again. Oh, by the way, the reason the government wants to go to planet zero is because there might be resources there. Maybe, <laughs> it's the uh, unobtainium theory of, oh my uh, God. of, yeah. of films. But at least, like, I'll even take a MacGuffin uh, or a red herring or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll take that. I'll be like, yeah. oh, this is this unobtainium is a marvelous stone that fuels everything. Great. I mean, it, you could have had some more nuance, but sure. <laughs> this is a multi billion dollar government being like, there's this new place. Bet you there's some, you know some stuff we could harness there. Now, was it related to what Doom's energy power was? Like, was the the thing on Planet Zero the thing that made Dr. D- uh, it's it's stupid to even think about this. I mean, loud, if but- you want to look at it in the film, I mean, they have no idea why Doom has the powers that Doom has. They picked a bunch of things that made him glow green because the goo on the planet was green. And... Then he found like a big towel to wrap around his head, uh, and then he gets it back, even though they they stripped him down uh, and, in the and thing. He, and he seems to want to go back to like this planet for no reason, like that he was abandoned on. Oh right, I mean the whole thing is fucking. I mean we yeah, there's no reasoning for him doing what he wants to. He basically escapes. Once they bring him back to rescue him after being on this harsh alternate dimension for a year, he goes on a killing spree for reasons that aren't there and then he gets back to the teleporter and goes back and decides well the you know the whole planet or the regular earth is just bullshit so i'm gonna be the only thing that lives and i'm gonna suck it all up into my new home dimension right yeah what is what is the plan there he's gonna take okay no no, but he's sucking up earth into the planet zero right and and he's going to terraform planet zero with earth's resources sure and then he'll be able to design something whatever look it's the it's the uh, kevin spacey and superman returns theory as well like it's so going to terraform something right it's so funny because doctor doom i admit doctor doom is a hard character to get right there's right. been a lot of different versions of doom throughout the years in the comic books and even in films and some other in cartoons and whatnot mm-hmm. Doom works best in one of two ways, either as your generic, like, like I'm building robots and I'm going to take over the world, sort of like big Skeletor-esque kind of like caricatures of a villain when you need that sort of villain, right? Right. He works great. Dr. Doom. His name's fucking Dr. Doom. (laughs) The other way he works is in the Marvel Universe, 
even though he's silly and he has a like his doom as his last name and doc, doc it's just a fucking weird name they've set him up in the marvel universe to be a fucking force to be reckoned with like right. he's a, he he's has, a major character right? he has his own country Right. That he keeps his people sort of impoverished, but they still love him. Every right. superhero is legitimately afraid of him because they know he marries in this universe. He's a master of technology stuff. And he actually, when he decided that he wasn't getting enough power from all of his tech, a la Iron Man, he decides, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to dabble in the dark arts. And he goes into magic. Right. He's like, he's this amorphous of magic and technology for pure evil. He time travels to King Arthur's time and seduces Morgan Le Fay, who is like a fucking witch back in the day to teach him all about uh, fucking magic and all this shit. There's a part where he actually gets sent to hell for fucking with shit so much and then fights his way out of hell. Like <laughs> there's great Dr. Doom stories. This is a man who's draw basically driven by two things, the love for his home country of Latveria and his hatred for Reed Richards. Cause he thinks he's a pompous fucking full of himself. Jackass, which and, he kind of is in this movie, which he is. I mean, I could see comic Dr. Doom seeing this one and being like, well, yeah, of course I'm right. Like there's no <laughs> question. So, but what this film does with doom is it makes him into sort of a monster of the week, which you think would be close enough to the first version of the like bumbling fools. Like, but that's yeah. at least fun because it's funny. Like this guy explodes heads, and that's <laughs> fine. Like I was like, "Oh, that's gross. That's cool, I guess." But it's not something Doom would do. <laughs> and Doom, it's so yeah. it's so tonally incongruent with the rest of the film as well. Like it's such a weird shift to like go from this sort of Goonies esque uh, film about kids doing science into this like world where a dude explodes heads you know like it, it just doesn't quite make sense let's see if we can put the different parts of the movie into things i think goonies is a great thing when they're little kids and he's doing science oh, it's, ben, it's ben badly Reed. done though it's, oh it's horrible no i'm not uh, please yeah. all of the examples i'm going it's to use it's clobbering time remember that oh my god they right, say for the those line. of you that don't know it's clobbering time is something the thing says uh, when he's about to punch something in the comics. It looks great on splash pages. Uh, other characters like say it for him sometimes. It's just a moment of levity before a giant rock monster punches some other evil thing in the face. Um, in this movie, when he's little, he's getting accosted by his older abusive brother and his brother's like, it's clobbering time. So you're like, get it. So even the fun moment of levity that the thing would joke about, because let's be honest, the thing as a character has nothing to be happy about. He's a giant rock monster that can't <laughs> live a normal life and now is just damned to be this thing. So we're taking the one moment of levity from a character that's already the most downtrodden in comic books and you're taking that away from the character. You're making, oh, he says that because he was abused as a child. Like, <laughs> fuck you and your gritty reboot nonsense. Right. So, right. so you got uh, the Goonies. So you got the Goonies sort of trying to do the Goonies vibe and failing in the beginning. And right. then you have like science buddies or like how, what's the like weird science almost when they're teens like coming together and they fuck that up. And then yeah, you have and there's, and there's some kind of like teenage angst and you know like like there's a there's like a little moment where where Doctor Doom or uh, whatever Victor, Victor Von, Von Doom. Doom is jealous of Reed because he seems to have like a relationship with Sue Storm. And it's, so there's this kind of like, you know, AKA, AKA they were speaking and she smiled once. Yeah. Oh God. It's because, bad. because ladies, I don't know if you know this, but if you talk to a man, uh, and you smile at all, uh, I mean, it means you want to fuck him. <laughs> that's, that, isn't that what it means? That's oh, what it God. means. Oh, I'm well, okay. I, being a man 
know this about women. Right, uh, right. Oh fuck. Um, and, yeah, and then so, it goes into it goes into like a little scene of interdimensional travel. Little little bit of interdimensional travel. I'm even going to skip that over because it was so just generic okay. and fucking white bread that I can't even talk about it. And then <laughs> it goes body into horror. body yeah. horror. Sure. For like 10 minutes. So yeah. the fly or like any of that shit. Yeah. And then it turns into government is fucking evil and dark and going to control these people that are injured and use them as whatever. But it never like goes there. So yeah. you can't even get like any of that sort of like. I don't know, the government trying to harness things they don't understand for evil, like even Flight of the Navigator or like any any, any movie where the government's the big bad. So and then, and then Reed is on the run. Reed runs away because he wants <laughs> to try to help his friends or yeah. whatever. He couldn't do it there, whatever. Yeah. The government says they're going to help him, but first you got to go on these missions for us. Whomp, 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 whomp. <laughs> okay, so now the U.S. government is winning because superheroes? Sure. Kind of? Government sure. enlisted superheroes. They're basically soldiers at that point uh, sure. with, no, with no training or with a year of training, but not like yeah. military training, just like how to harness your bullshit training. Mm-hmm. Then in expeditions back to planet zero, <laughs> they find Von Doom because they're back looking for those mysterious resources they were talking about. Right. Right. Uh, right. He's been alive for a year. His suit has meshed onto his body. Giving him the Doctor Doom-esque mask, which, fuck you. Mm -hmm. Uh, Then he comes back, and then it's like a horror movie for like 10 minutes when he's exploding heads, getting back. And then it's what a 60-year-old person in a movie studio thinks people want to see at the end of a film being a giant CG beat-em-up bullshit. (laughs) <laughs> uh and, and, then, and then and then it ends and and then there's like the 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 well, naming no, of the, the the team this is my favorite part so when they get back to earth and they beat doom and they save the day they have they go back to their little government room which by the way is fucking destroyed mm-hmm. but let's go back there anyway uh and the government's like oh great now we can go back to normal and now all of a sudden they're like nope we're not doing this anymore and the government's just like uh, oh okay and like you better not stop us oh, uh, oh oh okay sorry oh by the way you're giving us you're giving us your most expensive laboratory for us to run oh uh, uh okay like the government just goes from this what they're trying to make feel like luminous or uh, not luminous but like looming sort of just evil overlord puppeteering bastards controlling these children to like oh what else you want do you want my fucking lunch money like oh sweet okay sorry you can light on fire fuck i'm sorry man i'm sorry like yeah, and have, then have whatever you want <laughs> yeah and then they go and they have the moment where they're like they try to name the team with the fucking it's fantastic like oh, gosh, a word that yeah, ben grim has not ever used it's uh, it's so bad. It's, and then the film day and it really it it it's this film is only like 85 minutes long but it feels like 2 hours and it's 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 just like it's over. It just feels like we're we're just okay, we're out. You can leave now. We're sorry we we put you through that, you know. Let's just get out of here. Yeah. And the feeling the overall feeling of the film is that of self-loathing. <laughs> The the characters in the film, if let's let's go from the the smallest to the biggest. The characters in this film, especially when we talk about body horror and like all this stuff, even Doom's sort of twisted nonsense bullshit plot, like uh, fucking scheme or whatever. Yeah, every character in this movie hates themselves. 
and I'll go through how they do it. Reed hates himself because he can't fix his friends. Right. Sue For hates no her, yeah. Sue hates herself because, because she's she's a girl. She, no, well, yeah, that too. But because <laughs> yeah. oh, she can't quite control her powers, and she turns and like gets the government to find Reed again. Ben mm-hmm. hates himself because he's a fucking monster, and Johnny hates himself because he's not able to do more superheroing to help the government. Doom hates himself because he hates humanity. Sure, <laughs> the uh, oh. God, and when the storm's father, when the doom unceremoniously just kills the father, who he's had a oh, long-standing God. relationship with, and nobody cares in this movie. They no kind of just go, cares. "Oh no!" The kids it, are like, "No, dad, no dad, quick to the pod." And then the dad's like, "He doesn't he say something like, look after each other.'" Oh yeah, and then there's the whole bullshit <laughs> of like, "We're gonna do this as a team," and yeah. you know where that works? <laughs> uh, uh, the Avengers. You know where it doesn't work? <laughs> Almost anywhere else, and this is included in that. Uh, So, okay, so all the characters hate themselves. The filmmakers of this film, oh, no, sorry, let's go into these overall, the general, the what is this movie trying to say? And it's trying to say a lot of things and failing at saying all of them, but the thing you get out there is that uh, superheroes are dumb, and this is how it needs to be if you're going to portray them in some sort of real cool light. Right. So, yeah, okay. I, and I, I actually, you know, like ordinarily I would say, well, that's just being too harsh on the film, but I kind of think, yeah, you're right. This is a superhero film by people who don't want to make a superhero film. Right. So now let's talk <laughs> about the people that made the film. You have the director <laughs> who mm-hmm. I think did want to make a good movie. I don't know if he did, but the studio certainly didn't think so. So then they step in realizing well they hate they hate the source material they hate what's done with it but (laughs) i'll be damned if we give away something that we can't do so they step in and they try to fucking fix it with with the power of committee shahir i'm sorry i'm going off on this but like i read something today that i know everyone else probably has read this before there's a guy who has a blog and he does studio style notes like network or reality show notes for films yeah and he just did one for star wars didn't he I read the Star Wars one. It's <laughs> so perfect. Find this gentleman. Uh, yeah. it, it's it's amazing. It's like, it's all of the shit, if you're in the industry especially, like when you get these sort of nameless notes, it's just sort of like, what is happening? Like, how 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 are you, how, how can a person think this way? And you don't yeah. know, this movie feels like every major decision at the end of the day was yes manned five times up the chain. Like no I, one wanted to lose their job. Nobody wanted to lose their job. Nobody wanted to lose the rights to this property. I'm not sure why, but I guess it's valuable, although it's proving to be not valuable. The box office take on this is horrible right now. I think right. it made like $9 million off the back of a budget of somewhere in the vicinity of $120 million. I'm looking at the domestic total. Actually, it made yeah. more than that. Uh, domestic, oh, it, it made 45 Okay, good for them. How much did they get? How much did they pay? Oh, it was like was it was 150 mil, but that's not even count or something like that. And that's wow. not even counting the insane advertising that I've been seeing everywhere for it. Right. Yeah. Oh, and the advertising makes no sense because they're standing in front of New York City being destroyed and that never happens in the movie. Right. Nowhere <laughs> does New York City happen except the Baxter <laughs> building is in New York. Uh, yeah. 
but then they don't even get to go back to the Baxter building. They go, that's the other thing. The Fantastic Four is based out of the Baxter building. Like, I thought when they're like, we need our own facility. I was like, oh, they're going back to the Baxter building. Nope, they're going to Undisclosed Science Laboratory number four. (laughs) Hopefully they have tons of access to Planet Zero, you fucks. (laughs) Do you think there's going to be a sequel? No. There will absolutely not be a sequel. Will there be a gritty reboot? I, can you make it grittier? <laughs> Would you just have to smear? Say, the, the only way you can make this grittier is if you took the film print and just ran sandpaper over it, like 40 grit sandpaper. Right. And then you might have a, you might have a movie then. The, yeah. The budget for this movie was, uh, sorry, I'm just pulling it up now. Yeah. hundred and million. So, and that's with <laughs> like 40 million worth of reshoots. Yeah. So, and I, I want to kind of... I've talked to a lot of people about this movie, Shahir. And oh, okay. Uh, I everyone expects me because I have a little <laughs> bit of a pedigree in this department yeah. to like be really fuming and like yell a bunch and like get angry. But this is like, uh, I'm just tired. Like, <laughs> I'm just. I think. I think they've managed to with this film sort of. Just beat the anger out of me. Like, I just don't fucking care. Like, right. You've taken something that I like. I like the Fantastic Four. I think they're necessary. I think they kind of fall into Hulk and Superman categories where they're great supporting characters and stories. I don't think they're interesting enough in this day and age to be in their own film right. uh, or, or story in general. Their comic is over. Uh, they yeah. make great sort of reasons for other people to do things. Reed Richards is a fantastic, no pun intended, part of the Marvel universe. Like he's the big brain that like Tony Stark goes to when he can't figure something out, but he's also God, the character of Reed Richards in the comics is so fucking interesting. Right. Again, you don't want to read a whole story about it, but he is just, he's so smart. He's completely detached himself from reality. His marriage is in constant flux to Sue storm because she is a human and he's so beyond it. Like, He's not even thinking about the human condition. He and, and like at one point she has a fucking affair with a submariner with fucking Namor. Like, <laughs> okay, they have two kids, one of which Franklin uh, is is has like he's super gifted where he can like bend reality like he's one of the most powerful things. I don't know. There's tons of interesting dynamics when you throw other characters into the Fantastic Four, but none in this movie, none in this movie. And, and and Hollywood's just sort of like, they've made the perfect thing to just sort of break my anger. It's like, oh, if you're going to fucking do this, then just do it. Like, I hope I they think, learn I, their lesson. I think maybe you, you've gotten there because, not because of me, but because of maybe, you know, maybe my general fatigue at these kinds of movies over the years as well. And this is a perfect example of that. I will admit, have like I said at the top of the episode, um, my criticisms of other movies seems a little harsh compared to the way this movie plays out. Like I, I, I feel like I was being too hard on those other movies. Now, I, uh, I just, 
you had you, know, you had fati- you had fatigue for 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 superhero movies and, and uh, a sort of style of action movie that this thing fails to even come close to. I don't right. have that fatigue. I right. don't feel like there's too many superhero movies. I don't think that we should stop making them or enjoying them or or action movies, blockbusters, even like Jurassic World or Terminator Genesis. And that Terminator Genesis wasn't a blockbuster, but like. Right. Uh, I think there's a place for them. What I don't think there is a place for is making a film that you hate making. <laughs> These people, you at least normally when you have a job, the reason you can kind of walk away with a bit of your soul is you're like, well, I'm getting money and I like money because I need it to live. And this movie is so bad that like the the loathing of everyone in it is so palpable that it's just like the paychecks. I guarantee you the paychecks on this film made no one happy. They're like, fuck, let's get through this so I can do something I remotely care about. It's, it's weird as well because there was like a big press rollout for this film as well. But I, yeah, all reports from the press rollout were miserable. People were like asking, answering questions badly. People were unhappy to be there. So would you want your name on this? If you did anything on it, (laughs) something this poorly mismanaged and it's not even like people get in trouble or never work again because of it, with the exception of the director, because his meltdown on Twitter and all that shit, which whatever, but it's not even a meltdown. He didn't fucking melt down and everyone's doing all these reports. Well, I heard he was drunk and high all the time on the set. And well, I heard whatever. Well, no shit. Like, (laughs) do you realize the amount of pressure that fucking directors have to go through to deal with the studio system and to throw a first time director who is, has been known as kind of a, you know, uh, 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 he does the, what he wants to do though. His last project was something where he had complete control and it worked out and it worked out to be thrown into somewhere into a bigger system that has had flops in this general area before. Yeah. And then have them be like, ah, no, your idea for a good movie is wrong. (laughs) Even if it was wrong. To, to be that kid or to be that young man, it must have it must have literally driven him insane. And some yeah. people can take that. And I think those are the people that survive and do well in the studio system or they know yeah. how to play the game better. He didn't because he's not a superhero. <laughs> do, do you think that he did worse than Colin Trevorrow on Jurassic World? You know, like the thing is, Colin Trevorrow t- to me turned in a film that had no personality. And, you know, like that's kind of who he's going to be now. Um, do you think Josh Trank maybe deserves some praise for like being able to like walk away and and say, yeah, this was a piece of shit? Yes and no. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't think that Jurassic World is as soulless as you do. Um, I think a lot of that might come from Chris Pratt and a lot of that might come from the pedigree that the film is cut from. I I think, I mean, obviously he mitigated the studio pressure better because he didn't go on Twitter, (laughs) Twitter, destroying his own film. And I think he probably liked the film. I think he was able to dance with the devil enough where you got something done that made a fuck ton of money. That also is enjoyable to a lot of people where this he saw his his what he'd been working on for years was getting fucked uh, without consent, and <laughs> it just it probably broke him. Like this was supposed to be like I don't think that Trank did I say his name? Yeah, Josh yeah. Trank. I don't think he has a innate love for the Fantastic Four. I don't think he was ever a super fan of the Fantastic Four. I think he made a film 
that basically had a lot in common with the origin story of the Fantastic Four. Right. Chronicle is like some speculation that this is Chronicle Part Two. Right. So I get why a dumb person would be like, oh, this kid gets it because they have the same origin story. Like, and they give it to him. And maybe he did get it, but he definitely didn't get how you deal with the current big budget Hollywood stuff. If this, if, if he comes back and I hope he works again, I like Chronicle. I think he's can do good stuff, but he needs to do it on his own terms because he is not a team player in this weird ass fucking nightmare of an industry. Like he's not. Yeah. And, and the the sad thing for me is that, yeah, I, I hope he kind of like comes out of this okay, because you, you like to hear about young filmmakers getting a big shot at a film like this and, and knocking out the park. You know, the Christopher Nolan was probably this, just a little bit older when he did Batman Begins. So, you know, then that worked out great. Yeah. Um, so you hope that he will come out of this. Um, I think if, yeah, you know, like if he had played a little closer to the bone in terms of like doing a straight up action movie without any of the darkness without any of the gritty reboot stuff and just kind of turning something in that was a little bit soulless well i think i think fine right but i also think the gritty reboot was studio mandated right i don't i don't think that he necessarily wanted super dark 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 i don't think i think that's what the whole first half of the film is going for and if you're not wanting to do that why sign on board to this um, because it just, you it get just offered a giant property. I'm not saying it's the right move. I'm saying I could see why someone would make it. Right. Um, so, yeah, mm. but like take take his talent and throw it into a fucking like Internet space or something that he can just have complete control over. Like. Yeah, you don't think he's going to be directing um, the, you know, the uh, the Justice League movie or anything like that. No, no. And and, and it's, I think it's important to say, because I feel like a lot of people are shitting on him. Um, everyone has a breaking point. <laughs> and fuck, Sam Raimi broke on Spider-Man, on Spider-Man 3, 3. And yeah. he is a prolific and phenomenal director. Joss Whedon kind of broke on avengers 2 yeah he did it gracefully but he also was kind of vocal about like this isn't really how i wanted it to go he wasn't as bad and i'm I'm kind of always reminded of uh will smith was on a talk show with his son jaden smith and you know everyone knows jaden's on twitter and and says a lot of dumb things on twitter and and Will Smith said something along the lines of, you know, back in my day, I said exactly the same stupid stuff, but there was just no public forum for me to do yeah, it. Yeah. So, you know, Josh Trank's meltdown is like, well, you know, if it had happened in private, we wouldn't hear about it and it wouldn't be such a big deal. Yeah. But we, we live, live in, in a Twitter different sphere. age. Yeah. We live in the Twitter sphere now. We live in an age <laughs> where it's clobbering time is an allegory <laughs> for domestic abuse. Ugh. Um. Yeah, so. I, you know, I I was eager to to talk about this film because I was excited about like talking about the film, uh, talking about a film where the production problems were so evident, and I'm really interested in production. So it, I was on some heart level, I was kind of excited about talking about this film. At least sure. I think people should see it. But uh, talking to you, I feel like you're you're this this film might have broken you. The, this film has made you really down. It just it shines a light onto the shittiest parts 
of a pastime and an industry and an art that I truly love. Right. This film takes a giant fucking, f- just like the 4K, just gi- fucking mm. giant beam of radioactive sunlight and takes it to the fucking disgusting, shriveled, old ball sack <laughs> of, of a beast that is normally so glitzy and glamoury on the front that you sometimes forget that this thing has like this tumorous fucking pouch of yuck on it. And wow, that's, that's kind of beautiful. And, and it's just, it's, it saddens me, man. It's like, I love movies. I love all kinds of movies. I think I'm very even forgiving for when a movie missteps. I'm like, yeah, but this fucking thing was cool. Like sure. Sucker punch is a piece of shit, but it looks like a party for your eye holes and like shit like that. Like, uh, but, but this movie, there's just nothing like I couldn't, I couldn't grab at anything to make me, to make me feel okay. And all I felt was like just pity and just an overarching fuck you to everyone involved in making this thing, what it became and showing and showing exactly what you said to hear what certain higher ups or certain people that make films think is okay to do not that they think i don't even know if these if everyone like i keep saying the big wigs the big wigs i don't know if whoever is in charge of this at the end of the day thinks this is a good movie i bet you they don't but they also made the decisions to get there so i don't give a fuck if they like it or not they just fucked up (laughs) and it hurt and it shouldn't hurt because i shouldn't take it as seriously as i do but But you do but, but that's like, and that's and that's why we like talking. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it is it is sad, but I I think it's endlessly fascinating at the same time. Um, I mean, I hope in the months to come we will hear more about how this film got made because I think it's edu- you know for me it's educational at least. Sure, uh, you know, and Learn how to navigate your mistakes. Things. That's yeah. it. There you go. Let's turn this fucking frown upside down. Hollywood it's an educational. Yeah, people who make anything. Maybe you should. I, I sure. I'm gonna switch my thing. Go see it. <laughs> Go see it. I would say uh, if you can see it without paying for it, do that because I don't want you to vote with this for your dollars. But it is a. I don't it, think it's gonna hurt if you pay for it at this point. <laughs> uh, I just. I. I think as a cautionary tale, as a, as as looking at someone who's made like a person in your life that's made awful life choices that is like just going down the toilet of humanity and you're like using that and be like wow they're fucked but that really shows me that i i i shouldn't do that like i yeah I, I, there's better there's better things you know you should see this film to learn what not to do because sometimes you hear i think you're actually right you say you're like you're worried that people are going to grow up with certain types of movies that you don't particularly think are worthy of praise, adora- adora- uh, adoration, and sort of um, mimicry, or or sort of like basing someone's style off of. Yeah, and this might be the silver lining. Might be that if all that stuff is feeling bland to you, I can't see a human being that would watch this film and be like, "Oh yeah, I want to make movies now." Right. So watch well, it. <laughs> 
the wrong kind of human being might watch this and go, I want to make movies right yeah, now. Yeah, but they're not going to be the ones that make them. Yeah, let's hope not. Yeah. I think um, I think it's a cautionary tale, and I think it's one we would, as a industry, would be remiss if we didn't listen to loud and fucking clear. It's, but you know, there are worse movies in the world. It's just it's it's a it's an oddly incomplete movie. Uh, I don't which know is if strange. there is a worse movie. Oh, there are worse movies than this. But not. I, let, let's just and we got to wrap this up soon. Yeah. Uh, but think about it on this on this way. Yes, someone has made a worse movie than this. But I want right. you to take the term worse and sort of use it in an all-encompassing, all-engrossing sort of thing. Is there a movie as bad as this one that had as many eyeballs tracked to it as this one did? I want you to take all the bad feelings that this movie created in an entirety of an audience. Right. That's and, and, what uh, makes yeah, this you, one of the worst movies ever because bad movies exist. But not everyone goes and sees them or hears about them or knows they exist. Right. Again, it's that light. It's that sort of shining of like, oh, fuck. That, wow. Oh, fuck. Where, this is where the shit goes? Yeah. I mean, I was going to mention, I mean, I mentioned The Happening uh, and I was thinking Bad about movie. that. But, it, but even The Happening has a beginning, middle and end. And M. Night Shyamalan probably loved that concept and mm-hmm. loved that idea and worked really hard at it. Yeah, he missed. Yeah. But you you don't feel like everyone involved in that movie is like, oh, fuck, let's just get through this so we can get to lunch. Like, <laughs> you don't feel that. And I've never watched something like Fantastic Four that has felt so much like, god damn, is it six o'clock yet? Yeah, it, it's uh, it's definitely the the closest thing I've seen to where the intention of the crew is up on screen. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a good ending point. I think we've gotten too depressing and too esoteric for too long on this thing. Promise, I promise next time we do this, hopefully in the next week, uh, we will do something fun and something we can argue about with energy and zeal. Uh, and Shahir, I, I, I've enjoyed talking about this one. I, I, I think it's an interesting film to talk about. I did not enjoy talking about it, but I also feel like much like a therapy session, I'll feel better about it later. <laughs> I'm glad uh, I'm I should I'll send you a bill yeah send me my bill oh make sure to do your prorated rate for actually a phone call because you're not in the room with me oh okay yeah okay what, uh next one of these will probably be in the same room so you could feel the vitriol and when we want to punch each other uh but until <laughs> then uh Shahir where can people find you when you're not gallivanting around your home country of New Zealand I am on, you can get to me on my website, www.shahirdaud.com, S-H-A-H-I-R-D-A-U-D.com. Uh, we have a website for, oh, we, sorry, we have a Gmail account for yep. our podcast, onlymoviepodcast at gmail.com. Email us in for some free movie tickets uh, and our Twitter handle at onlymoviepod. Uh, yes, and you can find me at, uh, where can you even find me? I don't know, matthewkroll.com. That's M-A-T-T-H-E-W-K-R-O-L. Uh, com, or you can find me at Instagram Skeletor the number four P-R-E-Z or Emperor M-S-K on the Twitterverse say hello if you dare um, if you want I mean I'll even take condolences from anybody for about this movie <laughs> if you're looking to make me feel better just you could just say I'm sorry for your loss or, or I don't know you do do you um, uh, yeah yeah that's it that's it so this is it I mean Fantastic I think four, the, we best, did it. the best part about Fantastic Four is that it got us uh, to do a podcast 
literally from around the globe. And I know people have done this and people do remote shit all the time. But honestly, from a technological standpoint, this really excites me because (laughs) for free, we've talked for an hour via whatever fucking dark magic the internet works to make us be able to talk like that's That's, that's and and we were like i said i was i was desperate to get on this phone call to talk about this movie i don't know why like if if it had been terminator i don't think i would have been as excited about it and we would have just postponed it but this film i really wanted to talk about had to make a trip across the globe through the intranet (laughs) anyway uh get out of here Later, guys. See you next time. Yeah.